0: You're listening to a Countout Podcast. In 1991, the first ever G1 Climax was born. Replacing the former World Leagues and IWGP League tournaments, this new tournament took the top heavyweights New Japan Pro Wrestling had to offer to see who truly was the best in the promotion. But not everyone got the opportunity to compete in the G1 Climax. After all, the G1 Climax was for the best of the best, and to be invited in was an honor in of itself some wrestlers never appeared while some competed year in and year out today however we will be discussing the men that got the call only one time this is g1 and only Welcome to G1 and Only, my name is Ryan Knightsey. On today's episode, we are discussing a wrestler that has truly a blink-and-you-miss-it career in wrestling. Only wrestling for three years before arriving to the G1 Climax, this man is little well-known. I would even guess to even those New Japan historians out there. Today, we are talking about the Mongolian wrestler, Blue Wolf. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to G1 and Only. I hope you all enjoyed last last episode on June Akiyama. I had a lot of fun putting that show together, and I thought it was really one of the best uh, episodes of G1 and Only. Uh, but again, uh, so go check that out. I would highly appreciate it. Of course, you can check out all of our back catalog of G1 and Only. And if you like the show, of course, subscribe and leave a five-star review. We're making a real push across the whole Countout Network here for five-star reviews on all of our shows. So I'll greatly appreciate you leaving your comments, leaving a review of what you think about G1 and only. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about what is ahead in front of us. Uh, we're talking about, of course, uh, 2004 G1 climax. Of course, many things are happening around the globe. Of course, you have in WWE, you have the likes of John Cena, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Brock Lesnar. The ruthless aggression era is in full swing. But here in Japan, We are focusing straight on the late summer of August, the famous G1 Climax. This year in 2004, it expanded into the uh, 16-wrestler round-robin format as opposed to the 12-wrestler round-robin format. So we got a little bit of expansion. It also reworked its finals a little bit, but we can discuss that if it comes up, of course. But for now, we're only going to be focusing on Block A of the 2004 G1 Climax, and more specifically, like we said the top, Looking at our man, Blue Wolf. Blue Wolf was born in Mongolia on December 1st, 1976. Of course, Blue Wolf wasn't his given name. Uh, he has a Mongolian name that admittedly I don't know how to pronounce. You know, Look it up, folks. You'll see what I mean. I'm not going to attempt it because I'm just going to come off foolish. We're just going to say Blue Wolf, of course, because just like the name change, uh, it is easier to say than his uh, Mongolian birth given name. He came from a family of non-professional wrestlers. His brothers uh, were both or one of his brothers was a Mongolian traditional wrestler. And his other brother was a sumo yokozuna. Uh, Keeping in step, Wolf started to do amateur wrestling and sumo competitions at the age of 15. But eventually he joined New Japan and made his professional wrestling debut during the 2001 g1 climax of course not in the proper tournament but instead uh in a prelim match then in 2002 he changed his name of course to blue wolf uh because of that easier promotion element but because also his brother i believe the sumo wrestler uh went by the name of blue dragon and then in may 2004 wolf competed in his one and only mma fight where he won by TKO in four minutes and 44 seconds. And that's basically it. He is still a young wrestler. I mean, he's older in age at this point. He was born in 76. So at this point, he is 28 years old, I believe. If I did that math real quickly in my head, he's 28 years old. So he's still a young guy. He's still especially young in terms of wrestling professionally, so, you know, he still has, in, in terms of a Nokia aspect, he has that MMA background, kind of. Uh, he won an MMA fight, uh, but he's still learning the crafts of professional wrestling. So with all that being said, let's look on Blue Wolf's one and only G1 Climax run. A-block Night one begins with Blue Wolf taking on five-time G1 Climax participant and one-time winner, Yuji Nagata. We join mid-match, and like I said last week we're going to be going over some points throughout the match. So both men as we enter here mid-match are already tired, expended energy uh, obviously shown. Uh, Wolf is in control however, he keeps it up with suplexes and angle slams, of course in in the uh, western world Kurt Angle is a big star, but it's Nagata's knowledge that saves him guy uh, using roll ups to get out suplexes, and when he gets pinned, uh, Nagata hits his feet on the ropes to get that rope break. Nagata does get the advantage, however, when he hits a huge running knee into the corner into a top rope exploder suplex, but of course, Wolf follows it up with a huge lariat, so huge you see the, the sweat flying off the pecs. Three Nagata kicks right to the head of Wolf, you can see the sweat from Wolf's head fly off, just like that huge lariat. But Nagata does make the, miss the second kick. I just want to point out, might have been on Wolf. It just You just see because of the camera view, just a huge whiff, folks. But it's totally fine because Nagata does get the win here. Conclusion. Yuji Nagata defeats Blue Wolf in 13 minutes and 35 seconds. As seen through this short clip, Wolf compared to Nagata is very... Uh, uh, inexperienced wolf is always seeking big power moves like suplexes like the angle slam but nagata was always able to save himself from knowing where he is in the ring or knowing how to convert a move into a roll-up situation uh, but what wolf does have is power and he knows it is prevalent in those huge lariats the issue here is that will wolf be able to overpower the knowledge and experience of his opponents Block A, night one ends with Shinsuke Nakamura, Yuji Nagata, Katsuriya Shibata, and uh, Genhichiro? Nope, that's not it. And Tenru with two points, and Blue Wolf, Yutaka Yoshi, Minoru Suzuki, and Masahiro Chono with zero points. That also gives us the whole lineup in Block A. Pretty stacked lineup, I gotta say. Moving into Night 2, Blue Wolf looks to earn his first points of the tournament against one of my personal favorite wrestlers in his first ever G1 Climax, but certainly not his last, Minoru Suzuki. We join the match midway through. Suzuki is in control, but not for long, as Wolf back suplexes his way free from a headlock, follows up with a belly-to-belly suplex as well. Again, more power moves from Wolf here. Suzuki gets back in control with continuous kicks to Wolf's arm, a body part he must have worked all match because it's really hurting Wolf here. Suzuki tries to grab grab Wolf's arm, but Wolf holds onto it with his other arm, sort of protecting it. Suzuki gets mad from this and then slaps Wolf so hard it draws blood. You can see a blood spurt sort of across, it almost came from his mouth I have to assume, that came across his cheek. Wolf gets the Lariat and Suplex, but goes for another pin right near the ropes, resulting in rope break, just like the Nagata match the night before. Wolf goes for another Lariat, but Suzuki hits a running knee defense to sort of block it, and uh, in the same vein, hurt that arm. That Lariat arm is the one that's being worked on here. Got style pile driver from Suzuki into more kicks to Wolf's arm. Suzuki tries for the abdominal stretch, but Wolf uses all of his arm strength or what's left of it to block, but it's too much to tap out. Uh, And Wolf uh, loses the match to Minoru Suzuki. Conclusion Minoru Suzuki defeated Blue Wolf in 13 minutes and 34 seconds. Compared to the Yuji Nagata match, which was a match about ring knowledge versus inexperience, this match, of course, was very much, very much more brutal. Nagata was a face with knowledge, whereas Suzuki is a hue of knowledge, which one could argue is more dangerous. Suzuki, known for his armbar, wore down Wolf's arm continuously through the match. Additionally, Wolf's lack of experience continued to shine through with that use of repeated moves and pinning near the ropes. Plus, I'll say this again Suzuki slapped Wolf so hard it drew blood. Block A Night 2 ends with Nagata and Shibata with four points. Suzuki, Chono, Nakamura, and Tenru with two points, and Wolf and Yoshi at the bottom with zero points. Oh, yeah. On night three of the 2004 G1 Climax, Blue Wolf takes on one-time G1 Climax participant Katsuya Shibata. We join mid-match. We start off with of Wolf at the top of the rope uh given some sort of move but shibata reverses his plans with an arm bar trapping him on that top rope situation back onto the mat however suzuki sorry shibata goes back to the arm bar the body part that is wrapped up with tape after his suzuki match so we can see from match to match that Wolf's arm is hurt so badly. Chibata sees that as well with uh, more of an MMA, well, not more as compared to Suzuki, but an MMA background nonetheless. So he sees that body part injured. He's going to go after that body part, of course. Shibata looks for the sleeper into the PK. Wolf tries to get to the ropes, but Shibata brings him back, which leads to Wolf escaping via angle slam. After that, Wolf hits a jackhammer, didn't see that coming, into a huge lariat, For the win. (laughs) Conclusion. Blue Wolf defeated Katsuriya Shibata in 11 minutes and 46 seconds. And what was certainly a surprise to me, you, and Shibata, Wolf gets the win here. After losing to both Nagata and Suzuki, Wolf went into this match of more fire and more desire and found that spoiler win against new heavyweight Shibata. But this is the moment that Blue Wolf's purpose in this G1 Climax was starting to be seen by me, but we'll get to that later. Here, Wolf showcased the power that he has, pulling out the jackhammer, of course known famously by Goldberg. Um, certainly a name that is known in the West, especially coming off of their WCW partnership. This is four years after the end of WCW. Goldberg was still a thing, so certainly they know who he was. This was another move in Wolf's arsenal, but uh, also another power move he can use to defeat his opponents, which he did against Shibata. Following the match, Katsurya Shibata was furious, refusing to talk to the press, and throwing chairs across the wall, against the wall, in the press room, and leaving block a night three ends of chono nagata nakamura and shibata with four points and wolf suzuki yoshi and tenru with two points on night four blue wolf looks to expand his score in his next match against oh boy 13-time G1 Climax wrestler and 4-time G1 Climax winner Masahiro Chono. We join mid-match. Chono starts in control looking to apply his STF move, but Wolf had it scouted and quickly gets to the ropes. Wolf stays alive with a huge angle slam, almost had the win here, but Chono grabs the ref on the pin, sort of a cheeky uh, defense I guess there, Uh, not allowing the pin there. But you know, maybe he would have gotten it. You know, maybe Wolf would have gotten it here. Wolf goes for the Lariat, but his arm is so weak that again, that injured arm, folks, is so weak that it hurts him more that when he bounces, I guess, off of Chono, uh, Chono gets up faster than Wolf does. So knowing this, uh, Wolf tumbles back with the opposite arm for a very close three count. Wolf applies the abdominal stretch next, but Chono reverses it with a stretch of his own. Chono goes for a sunset flip at some point, Wolf reverses it into an armbar, but Chono immediately pushes through, rolls up Wolf, and gets the win. (laughs) Conclusion. Masahiro Chono defeated Blue Wolf in 14 minutes and 29 seconds. Blue Wolf attempted to continue the momentum he had earned in his match against Shibata, but like the Gata and Suzuki Wolf was done in by his lack of experience, which to be fair to blue wolf, this doesn't mean he's bad. In fact, I think he's fairly solid. The issue is that in this G1 climax, he is against a plethora of guys who have decades more experience than he does. So he is immediately at a disadvantage. Additionally, watching all these matches hurts him in, in terms of optics, because the audience can witness just how limited he is. You know, he's a tag team stable guy. He's a prelim guy. All these matches so far have been the first, uh, first couple matches, first one or two matches on the card for the G1 Climax. So just the optics of it all, the audience can see his move set and how the suplex, the lariat, the jackhammer. We can see, you know, what he has down, and those those op, those three things is good. It's just not a lot. During this match of Chono, Wolf continues to sell his arm that was injured by Suzuki and re-aggravated by Shibata. In part, this match had additional psychology with Wolf using that larry to only hurt himself more and doubling back to, with his opposite arm to get a almost a win. Wolf's selling of his arm is once again solid, but his power was not enough to get him through a match against the great and all-powerful Masahiro Chono. Block A, Night 4 ends with Chono, Nagata both at 6 points, Suzuki, Nakamura, Tenru, and Shibata with 4 points, and Wolf and Yoshi both at the bottom with 2 points yet again. At this point, Blue Wolf is out of the tournament, but with more matches left, why don't we go out swinging? On Night 5, Wolf faces another person we are watching for the first time on this program. This isn't his first G1, but our first time watching him, and that's Shinsuke Nakamura. We join mid-match. Both men have a knee bar on each other, and while Nakamura tries to escape, both men end up going to the ropes to escape. Wolf stomps on Nakamura into the corner, but Nakamura reverses it to get out of it and does the exact same to Wolf, stomping him on the corner. Lots of reversals, looking for big moves here from both sides. Uh, of course, Nakamura is known for having that reversal sort of uh, lockdown tight. Uh, and of course, uh, what's the best way to uh, outpower someone? Use that uh, momentum, use that power against them, reverse them, and that way you get the win. There's a huge lariat from Wolf to the back of Nakamura's head. Really, really, really rough lariat to the back of that neck there. Uh, Nakamura Nakamura reverses a second lariat with an armbar. When he's coming back with another second lariat, Nakamura reverses it. Um, But that's not it. He doesn't get the win there with Wolf reaching the ropes. Wolf calls for the end of the match and rips off his bandages on his arm. He's feeling it. He's feeling like he's close. This is a very even match. It appears Wolf goes for the lariat, but Nakamura reverses it again into an arm bar. Wolf tries to power out like last time, but Nakamura adjusts his hips just subtly, bending the arm more, which results in a tap out and win for Nakamura. <laughs> Conclusion. Shinsuke Nakamura defeats Blue Wolf in 8 minutes and 15 seconds. This match attempts to tell two stories. One, that because of Wolf's surprise win over fellow Three Musketeer member Shibata, that this match is more evenly matched than our 2021 eyes would believe. Two, what resulted largely in Wolf's downfall is his arm injury, sustained and maintained Maintained? Man, sustained and maintained. I can't say the word right now throughout the tournament. Which is interesting for New Japan to use Blue Wolf sort of as a measuring stick against these younger guys. Wolf can't beat legend. Wolf can't beat legends, but against guys that are clearly pushed, he brings the fight and either gets the win over guys like Shibata or has a reason for the loss against guys like Nakamura. Besides this, Wolf does his best to work against the reversal artist Nakamura, and the ending served well into the Blue Wolf story about that injured arm. Block A Knight 5 ends of Nagata with 8 points, Chono, Suzuki, Tenru, and Nakamura with 6 points, Shibata with 4 points, and Wolf and Yoshi again with 2 points. Going to night six, folks. It's a big time match because Blue Wolf will be taking on three-time G1 Climax participant and fellow bottom of the block uh, of, of block A, Utica Yoshi. We join mid-match. Wolf does his best to dodge a splash from Yoshi, but it doesn't quite work. He d- he still gets hit by it. Uh, Yoshi should I should probably describe here. He's Jeff Cobb in size and stature, uh, you know, stocky guy. But he's a little bit bigger in the middle section. You know, it looks like he's also gained some pandemic weight, if you know what I mean, folks. Yoshi slams Wolf down in the corner and does a mid-rope seated senton to get the pin, doesn't get it. Wolf himself goes for a slam, but Yoshi reverses it into one of his own. Eventually though, Wolf is able to overpower Yoshi and hits an angle slam and gets recovery. He's not able to get the pin here because he is getting beaten down by a big dude, but he's able to get some recovery here. He then follows it up with two lariats to bring down the big man, which leads to the finish. <laughs> blue wolf defeats yutaka yoshi in 14 minutes and 4 seconds all tournament blue wolf solely goes for power moves here he is met with someone who is not only similar but entirely bigger you know this causes the late tournament issue for wolf where he has to use his already depleted energy and hurt arm to uh live up lift up i should say and take down the bigger man and luckily for him he succeeds he beats the guy and is able to differentiate himself from the bottom of the block a little bit here and let's talk about it block a knight six ends with nagata chono and nakamura with eight points suzuki shibana and tenru with six wolf with four and yoshi with two <laughs> On the final night of regular G1 competition, Blue Wolf looks to end the summer with a better score when he faces Janichiro Tenru. There we go. We don't join this match midway through, folks. We got the full match here, so let's get to those notes. Starting off with a slow back and forth wrestling. I don't want to say technical wrestling because they're really not, they're just really slowly trading very simple holds, but there's a trading here. One person goes for a headlock, the next person goes for a headlock. They go for another move, the other person goes for the other move. There, there's a trading back and forth here. There's a fluid uh, give and take here. Uh, but then that devolves. Both men start choosing to trade huge, hard chops. Elbow strikes to each other. Back and forth, back and forth, hard chops. Uh, Wolf then, to break that up, hits a huge jackhammer. Then Tenru pops up and hits a brain buster. But Wolf then gets up again for a jackhammer. Then Tenu drops another Brainbusters. These guys are just trading who's back and forth. Jackhammer, Brainbuster, Jackhammer, Brainbuster. A third jackhammer for Wolf. Tenru pops up, back up, but then collapses. He is unable to do a third Brainbuster. He has been beaten down. This is the end of the tournament here, folks. Can he get the last point here? He wants to try for it. Wolf catches Tenu uh, with a roll up. But then Tenru immediately rolls through into a roll-up of his own, and that is the match. <laughs> <laughs> Conclusion. <laughs> Janichiro Tenru defeats Blue Wolf in six minutes and nine seconds. No, Wolf did not end his run on a high note, but instead with an incredibly fun match. It consisted of three parts, all of the same theme of giving back what you are taking. Part one, it was even Matt wrestling skill going back and forth on holds. Part two, we see that strong style, that elbow strike, hard chops back and forth. And part three, ending of both men trading jackhammers and brain busters over and over again, with all of this taking place in a six minute match. Ultimately resulting in just a roll-up reversing into another roll-up and getting the win here for Tenru. It was incredibly fun to watch and it was an incredible way to end the tournament on a lighter note. Wolf doesn't get the win, but he sort of goes blow for blow, literally, against Tenru. Block A Knight 7 ends with Nagata, Chono, Suzuki, Shibata, Tenru, and Nakamura, all with eight points. Wolf gets four points, and Yoshi gets two points. This marked the end of regular G1 Climax tournament matches. All wrestlers have faced each other in the tournament, and sadly for us, our man Blue Wolf, the tournament moves on without him. But in a way, this is fine. Blue Wolf was never meant to be a guy that was next-level stardom. He was in some cases a measuring stick, and in others a way to give points to the bigger names. Almost all of his matches were even at the top of the card. Even the DVD cut the time from almost all of his matches except for the last. His purpose shines clear in this tournament, now was a way to serve the bigger names and build to the more interesting conclusion of the six-way tie at the top of the block. But this also played into the character of Blue Wolf to me. He had you know, three years of experience and frankly wasn't ready to be in the spotlight in my opinion. His lack of in-ring knowledge led to him losing against Legends. His lack of moveset hurt his chances even more. Of course, he was more protected than the likes of Yoshi with an arm injury story, resulting in reasons for his losses. With all this made up his run in G1 Climax, as this sort of story as a guy who isn't ready for this spotlight, isn't ready for this? He's a prelim guy. Why is he in the G1 Climax? I would argue a guy like Blue Wolf here uh, caused him to be sort of a less interesting wrestler as a downfall. And that's me being overly critical, probably. But because the G1 climax overexposed him in his limited moveset, uh, you know, it, it showcased that, like I said, that limited moveset that he just is these couple moves and that's it. And tag matches tag matches or even shorter matches, he can be interesting. Like the Tenru match, it was a six minute match. But if you're in a fifteen minute match against the likes of Mr. G One Masahiro Chono, it doesn't make you look good in my opinion. Again, I didn't see the full match there, but you know, it doesn't doesn't quite look good for me. Blue Wolf continued to wrestle in New Japan for another two years until he failed to renegotiate a contract with New Japan. After that, it was pretty much all over for Blue Wolf. He retired December 3rd, 2006, and never wrestled again, essentially falling off the face of the earth. Uh, Wikipedia says that he returned to Mongolia to run his own dojo, but I can't find any evidence supporting that. There's no link to see if that is true or not. But looking through everything Blue Wolf did in wrestling, this G1 Climax was certainly the height of his career. He never won any titles, he never had the light shine brighter on him than this tournament, and I'm sort of happy that we were able to sit here and reveal this 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 wrestler, this flash any minute, miss it. You know, it's guys like this that, you know, they don't really make huge moments. They don't usually have the spotlight anymore. And no one's going to remember him. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like I said at the top, historians most likely don't remember who Blue Wolf is, but that's OK. You know, he still played a part in the G1 climax. He was still able to tell good stories. And like I said at some point in the show, he wasn't bad. He wasn't a bad wrestler. He was playing his part and he played his part quite well. And I think that, you know, we deserve to z- discover that together. You know, he's not going to he's not the greatest. He's not, he's at, you know, a period in time in New Japan where it's a bad promotion, uh, critically. Um, and, you know, it's a guy that, you know, he's, he's getting, he's doing something. You know, we got to appreciate those sort of moments there because, it was it meant something to him certainly i would have to imagine it felt me i don't know because he then left wrestling for a number for the rest of his life but uh (laughs) but certainly was it was fun while it lasted so it was fun to reveal that to you and discover it together but let's get to it blue wolves g1 and only grade c minus In two weeks, we return to the G1 Climax and discuss the year that is 2005. In that tournament, there was actually two people that completed in the the tournament only once, but because of timing and lots of matches, we're going to go one at a time. If you watched Noah recently, then you might have seen this wrestler compete for the GHC national title. That's right, next week, we look at the G1 Climax run of Kendo Kashin. But as always, please stay safe, everybody. Continue to wear that mask. Take the vaccine if you can get it. And I will talk to you all in two weeks on G1 and only. This has been a Countout Podcast.